All right, we are uh, in our series, I Am Christ Church, and uh, we're looking at those core values that drive the ministry here at Christ Church, and we hope they are core values that drive the people who are Christ Church, right? Hence the shirts, right? I Am Christ Church, right? It's, we're just not a building and property and all that stuff, but we're, we're people that are making impact, making a difference with our lives. And so these core principles we're talking about really drive this place, but they hopefully uh, drive us as, uh, as uh, individuals as well. So as we uh, look at core principles, remember our first one from the first week was uh, what? The church doesn't exist for the people in the church. The people in the church exist for the people who aren't here yet. You were all going to say that, weren't you? Yeah, you were, I'm sure you were. And then uh, last week we said we are uh, faith-filled Big thinking, risk taking uh, people, right? We will not insult God with small, uh, small thinking uh, or security living, right? That's who we are. And so today we take another step and we say, I am Christ Church. I am radically generous. And uh, I'll be radically generous because we have a radical, generous God, right? And that's the key component uh, to this principle, right? Is understanding how radically generous. Uh, God is, right? Just how absolutely undeserving we are, but how radically generous uh, He is, right? And He proves it to us. You see it in the Scriptures, and it's captured specifically in one verse that we probably all know, right? If you're a Christ follower, at least, you probably got this one committed to memory. Uh, If nothing else, if you're not a Christ follower yet, uh, you've probably seen it on the TV. It's the one that's in the end zone on the big sign, right? Or it's at the basketball game on a big sign. Somebody's got it somewhere, right? Of course, it is John what? 3.16, right? It's John 3.16. John 3.16 is not only a powerful verse because it tells us what we receive, right? And that's at the end of the verse, right? So that no one will perish but have eternal life. And we love it because we we know what we receive, right? And that's like, wow, that is awesome of of that gift that we get in Christ. Uh, But John 3.16 also teaches us, shows us the radical, generous nature uh, of God. Uh, And it's captured right there. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He did what? He, you see, it is his character to be a giver. That's his character. It is part of just who God is. God, by his nature, is generous. It's just the way he thinks. It's the way he acts. It's what motivates him. God, by his nature, is just simply a generous God. He gave, right? And he's not only a giver. He's not simply a generous God. He is a radically generous God. And that's captured in the next phrase, right? He gave his one and only Son. He gave what? His one and only, right? So this wasn't some son that was just kind of, you know, a spare son sitting around somewhere, you know, oh, the leftover son, you know, I mean, it's none of that, right? Right? He gave what? He gave his one and only, right? You see, that speaks to the nature of how radical God's generosity is. That God's generosity is so radical that he would give up the one and only. You get the drift, right? We have just simply a radically generous God. 
And that is absolutely key to us. Not only key to us because he is radically generous, the rest of the verse can be true, right? That we can receive forgiveness and we can receive that eternal life that he, that he brings to us. But he is radically generous and we therefore can become like him. We can be radically generous people. We can become like him. After all, that is the call on our life, right? The call on our life is to not just be who we are, but to be like Christ, right? Our call is to be a reflector of the image of God. And if we're going to reflect the image of God, and we all agree that God is a radically generous God, then the call is in our life to be radically generous. That's the way it works. We have this radically generous God. And when we get that, when we receive that, that radical generous God, that awareness motivates us to be equally radically generous. If you look at Acts, Paul is talking. And, and Paul in Acts helps us understand the kind of the, the depth, the breadth of this kind of attitude shift of understanding that this, this applies to who we are, the way we live, the way we view everything in our life. We can view it now from a lens of having a radically generous God and the call on our life to be equally radically generous. And again, to see how radically generous God is, Paul says, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. Now, isn't that an interesting statement? He brings working hard together with helping those in need. Now, if you would go to our culture and say, well, why do you work hard? Well, I work hard so I get ahead in life. I work hard so I can provide for my family. I work hard so I can have a few more toys, right? I work hard so I can... What Paul says is something completely different. This is a total attitude change. He says, no, part of our working hard is a radically generous God providing for us, providing for our families, but also providing us the opportunity to be radically generous. That we work hard. Yes, we do. We work hard not simply for that, but we work hard so we can be radically generous. So when you're working and you're cashing that paycheck, that paycheck isn't just about you taking care of your wants and your needs and your family. It's also about being in the position of being radically generous. And so if you own that company out there, that company doesn't exist just so you can be successful and, and you can achieve and provide employment and you can take care of your family. No, that company exists so that you have the opportunity to grow that company and become even more radically generous. You see how he does that? Now, why does he do that? Why does he put together our work with the opportunity of radical generosity? Don't miss this. This is key. Look how he associates this now. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. So he's going to quote Jesus. Would you say Jesus' words are kind of important to us? The, the answer is yes. Amen. They are, right? Yes. They're important to us, right? So he's talking, this is Jesus now. This, we can't slough this off as some, somebody else, right? This is Jesus now. And he says, here's what Jesus said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. How many have heard that statement before? Absolutely. We all know that statement, right? Absolutely. Thank you, Hallmark, right? We all know that statement. The problem is, it's not a Hallmark statement, right? 
it, it, it's not, you know, a postcard statement. It, it's, this is Jesus' words. He's, he's trying to tell us something. He doesn't waste words. He's trying to tell us something. What's he trying to tell us? Well, a simple truth. When you are radically generous, you have the opportunity of experiencing the joy and the blessedness that he can bring to life. That, that it's associated together. Our working hard creates the opportunity for radical generosity. But radical generosity leads us into experiencing the blessed life. How many want to have a blessed life? Amen. Sign me up. I'm in, right? Absolutely, of course. But you see, you can't have a blessed life if you don't get, if you don't understand how radically generous God is and how that should lead you to radical generosity. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I'm going to prove that to you. In a moment, I'm going to give you instructions, okay? So hang in there. I'm going to give you instructions. But after you do what I tell you to do, if you're one of the fortunate ones and you find what I tell you to find, if you find that, I want you to stand up and shout out, God is generous, okay? Yep, y'all on the contract? We're signing it right now. Sign that contract. I will stand up and say, God is generous, okay? Nice, loud, clear. Get some joy in this room, okay? So here's the deal. What I want you to do, not right away, when I say go, is to bend over and feel underneath your chair, and there is an iron bar underneath your chair. Just bend over and see if there's anything there. Go! If you find something, what do you do? There we go. There's one. There's no one. Oh, there's no one. There's no one. There's no one. How'd the balcony do up there? Oh, there's another one. There it is. There it is. Come on, balcony. I hid one up there. Look under your chair. Go. I know you got generosity up there. There's another one over there. There it is. I heard it. All right. Now, was that fun or what? Yes. Absolutely. That was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, right. You see, there's just a joy in that. There's just something blessed about that. There's just a, a joy, a fun of just being able to give, right? So here's what you got. Those that got, it got uh, generous, radical generosity this morning, you got a $5 Starbucks gift card in there, all right? So you can go buy yourself a cup of coffee at Starbucks, or better yet, just to think about this, you could actually use that card to invite a friend to buy them a cup of coffee so you can talk about their life and how Christ can make a difference. But I'm just suggesting an opportunity for you to be <laughs> radical, okay? Just suggesting be radical, all right? right? But no, no, that was kind of fun, right? You bet, absolutely. It's the truth of the statement. You see, the deal is God is radically generous. When we get that, when we receive that, we step into that, we understand our whole life, our work, everything has the opportunity for radical generosity. And there is incredible joy in becoming radically generous. There's just incredible joy in becoming radically generous, right? And you experience that. Now, the key to this radical generosity, and this is an important point in our culture, the key to this radical generosity is that it is faith-produced. It is not gimmick-motivated. It's faith-produced. It's not gimmick-motivated, right? You know the gimmick-motivation stuff, right? That's right. People just send in your seed. And if you get this seed, we'll send you a vial of oil. And you just anoint your car and it will never break down again. 
right? You've heard those, right? Just send $25, $50, $100, and we'll send you this special prayer cloth, and you just lay that on your table, and every meal will be blessed, and God will show himself in your house, and you know the routine, right? What is that? Well, that's not faith-motivated. That's gimmick-motivated. That's pure gimmick-motivated, right? Around churches, around churches, it often looks like something called fundraising. I hate to even say the word. Fundraising. Have you heard of this thing? You've heard of this thing, right? Fundraising. All right, open your ears. You ready? We don't do that. We don't do that here. So don't, don't come to me with a great fundraising idea. We don't do that here. Why? Because that's gimmick motivated. That's gimmick motivated, right? Here, here's a piece by, give me $20. No, I'm just going to be radically generous and give you a piece of pie. That's who we are. We are radically generous people. We don't barter. We don't motivate by gimmick, right? We just are radically generous because we have a God who is radically generous. It's, it's in the Scripture. If you look at 2 Corinthians 8 and you look at these Macedonian people, that we would be Macedonian church. I'm telling you, these people were awesome Christ followers. It says, Paul's writing, he says, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done to the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. Notice those two things. Is life going just off the charts awesome, great for them? No, they are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. You see that? So these, these are not people riding high. They're not flying high here, right? They are living life. They're doing the challenges, right? They're walking with Christ, doing the challenges. But look at their understanding of radical generosity. They're being tested by many troubles. They're very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. I wonder if they found Starbucks cards. I mean, they had generosity, radical, rich generosity, even out of their troubles and their poverty. Why? Because they just had joy, right? It wasn't gimmick-motivated. They weren't getting anything else out of it. They, they just had the joy of participating in God's radical generosity. And, and look at what, they, what this leads it to. It says, For I can testify, they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. Do you love that or what? They did what? They begged again and again. I'm telling you, I love it when people come to me and say, Pastor, can I please give you money for the church? Can I please give you money for Ethiopia? Well, Pastor, please let me write you a big check. For... Anybody wants to do that? Macedonia, I'm up for it, right? But what does it tell us? It's not gimmick-motivated. It's faith-produced. It's not gimmick-motivated. It's faith-produced. You see, if the things that we're doing as Christ's church are worth it, if they are changing lives, if they're impact for the kingdom, then we ought to be drawn irresistibly to doing it. These Macedonians, they could not help themselves but be radically generous to help the saints in Jerusalem. And so there was nothing that was going to stop them. 
right? When we do kingdom work, when we do what God wants us to do, he will drive our faith and create radical generosity. And we're doing great stuff. I hope you guys know this. Christ Church, we're doing awesome stuff. I mean, we support uh, Redeemer down on Wisconsin Avenue where they do a feeding program every single day where people from the neighborhood down there, where homeless people come and get a meal every day and get talked to about Christ every single day. And our people go down there as well as we send uh, financial resources to that. Uh, we got City on a Hill that has a health center and uh, our people go down there and serve there and we send funds and resources to help make that happen where they provide health care for people that can't receive it, can't afford it, right? And so we're at, we're at City on a Hill. We go to New Beginnings, which is an after-school program on 37th and Fond du Lac in Milwaukee and the kids come after school and they get nutritious food and they get tutoring and they get taught about Christ and they get healthy activity, and they get good, positive adults around them. Our people go down there. Our funds go down there. And we have a place in Ethiopia. You've heard about this, right? We have our own place in Ethiopia. That is incredible for a church like us to have our own Women and Children's Center in Ethiopia where women come and they bring their children, and they too, they get healthy uh, food, they get medical care, they get clothing, the moms get training, I mean, and what they really get is a chance, right? And in the midst of it, we share Christ with them. That's incredible stuff. We ought to want, we ought to beg for the privilege to make sure that happens because that's life change. That's kingdom change kind of stuff. That's what the Macedonians did. It wasn't gimmick motivated. It was faith moment motivated. And so Paul would say, look, remember this. Don't forget it. Remember this. You go through, remember a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure or gimmicks, right? For God loves a person who gives how? That's what he loves. He loves it when we're radically generous. Why? Because then we look like him. He is radically generous. He has radically, generously given us his one and only into our life. And the promise is God is going to generously provide for all that we need, so we'll always have everything we need, but there will always be enough to be able to be radically generous. So what does that look like, radical generosity? Well, for uh, biblical people, generosity is always proportionate. We never talk about numbers and dollar amounts, Right? Generosity is always proportionate. And so the scriptural teaching is to have kind of the starting point of a tithe, of a 10% tithe. You just kind of step into that. That's the floor. That's the bottom. That's where you start. And you grow in your gen generosity, right? And you can see Paul affirms uh, proportionate giving there. He says, give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have not what you don't have. He's talking about a mentality there. Have a mentality of abundance and generosity, not a mentality of scarcity, right? What's the mentality of scarcity? You know that, right? Somehow I don't have. I just don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough, right? The attitude of generosity says, wow, look how much God has poured into my life. What a radical, generous God. And that just drives us. It motivates us to be equally, radically generous. And so we start with 
the 10%. You're wondering, 10%, where'd that come from? How can we do that? Jesus talks about it in Matthew 23, 23. He's getting on the Pharisees and the scribes and all those. But notice by the end, uh, he says, you should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the most important things. Remember, we listen to what he says. It's his words. That's where we start, okay? It may be a challenge for some of you, but you have a radical, generous God. And so it's always a hard thing whether you believe he can do this. Now, just to prove to you uh, this works, uh, and you don't need to just take my words this morning, I want you to watch the screen, uh, meet one of our young couples, and let them tell you about their experience of discovering this radically generous God. So before we met each other, what generosity looked like for me was um, helping out in the church where I could, and then um, giving occasionally. Mine was the same way. The same way, um, volunteering where I could, and I would say tithing was not a priority. And I didn't feel like I could tithe, that, to be honest. Once we got married, we, um, we decided we were going to sit down and look at our finances and decide, you know, uh, what we were going to do about tithing and just what was important to each of us and uh, the way the wedding planning was going, just everything that was kind of falling into place that uh, we realized it was God's God at work in our life. And uh, we decided that we were going to um, honor what he's told us to do and give back that 10% that, uh, that he's already given to us. So when we were talking about uh, if we could do it or not, just how much we were giving, how much we were trying to put down on the house. And we're like, ah, this isn't, you know, it's not going to line up. We're not going to get to where we need to be on the house. And things start happening that I guess we didn't expect, like the negotiations on the house. Um, her parents ended up chipping in more than we thought for um, for the wedding. And then we're like, oh, we're not going to be able to afford, you know, a honeymoon. And then we had one of our relatives step up and said, hey, you know, we'll pay for you a cruise. Um, some people, they don't think about how God's going to give back to them. And sometimes there's some ways that we don't we don't think about, you know, you know, your car doesn't break down that month. You know, there's just small stuff that you don't realize is a blessing. It's really easy to say, you know, for six months let's stop giving or for however much amount of time until we um, got back on track. But um, we we both just realized that God had blessed us with so much with things just kind of falling into place, kind of going well since we had been given that we didn't want to disrupt that um, being being in his will. So it was important to us that as we're searching for a church, for a church to join, that um, it didn't uh, relieve us of our responsibility to have to give. So we decided that it was important to set that money aside um, while we were church searching and um, as we began attending uh, Christ Church as, as a guest, um, they say, you know, you're not required to give. We'd set it aside and wait for um, wait for when we knew this was God, where God had called us to be. It kept me, I guess, motivated to um, continue giving, even though I wasn't a member of a church yet, or setting that money aside for the church that I would be um, soon to join. It was just um, growing up and learning um, the importance of giving back to God and realizing that He's blessed us with everything that we have. So for Him to ask for you know, a small portion back isn't isn't much at all. When we get paid, the first thing we do is um, we go on to the church website and so we make sure that we we give that first. Um, it's always a priority in our budget for okay, well, you know, maybe we want to go buy a bunch of movies or something. Like, okay, well, can we do that right now? Can we do that right now? Did we make sure that we gave to church? And I don't think.
I don't think there's anything right now that would make us really stop being generous and tithing. I mean, we've seen so much just in the few years that we've been tithing. I mean, it's pretty high priority for us. Test and see that the Lord is good. Give, see what He does for you in your life. You know, you can't outgive God. You just reflect back on looking at all that you do have and just realizing how blessed you are and just realize that, you know, 10% is a small amount for him to ask back for from what he's already given you. All right. I'm excited what God's going to do in their life, huh? Because they, they, I mean, they're there. They get it. They understand those words that Jesus said. It's more blessed to give than to receive. There's just something about this radical, generous God wanting us to step into his nature and be equally radically generous. Uh, let me give you one more word on that radical uh, generosity, and uh, I'll get there. Oh, maybe so before we met each other, but what generosity looked like for me was um, is, you know, helping out in the church where I could, we and then think about that um, just in giving occasionally. The, time we're walking out the, the same way, um, uh, volunteering where I could. Radical generosity uh, for that time and then some. Right? I mean, the impact that we can make long after we're with the Lord uh, is incredible. And so, like, we had one of our families just recently, they sat down uh, with a legacy planner, and uh, they walked through the, the process with them, and uh, they made a plan that they're, when they're gone, they're going to be able to leave Christ Church several million dollars. Now, these aren't people that are off the charts, you know, wealthy people, but they made a plan with generosity, radical generosity uh, in mind. And so I just want to encourage you to, to think about this radical generosity, not just in terms of your regular daily life of being radically generous, but even thinking about what you can do uh, beyond. There's a, a quote from Isaiah 32. It says, but generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity, right? They stand firm, and they plan for that long time. Right? So just as an invitation, if you're interested uh, in uh, you want to be one of those people, uh, we have the opportunity for 12 families to be able to go through a planning process for that, to look at that. And just look at how you can just make sure you're doing good stuff uh, with how you manage your resources. Like, how many of you have a will? How many of you don't have a will? Yes. <laughs> if you don't, you got to be radically generous. That means you got to look at all that stuff to honor God's radical generosity in your life. Okay? So that's the word today. The word today is let's be uh, Christ Church who is radically generous because we have a radically generous God and do all the things we, we need to do to make sure that we can not only do that now, but even when we're with the Lord, we can know the impact is being done for Christ and His church.